Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And uh, I'm, I'm so thankful you came back. We were in John 14 this morning, Jesus getting ready to die. We're going back just a few just a, a few hours earlier than the, the passage we read this morning. And uh, I, I love this passage of Scripture. It's, it's unbelievably convicting to me. Unbelievably convicting. There are passages you can read, and it's almost as if the Holy Spirit of God reaches out and just starts slapping you. This is one of those for me. I read this, and, and tonight I'm going to be going to the altar. I can just tell you ahead of time. I spent time praying before this service. I said, God, help me to practice this in my life. And even now, as I'm getting ready to read it again, I'm thinking, all right, God, I'm sorry. I need it again. I, I, I'll end up going to the altar tonight. John chapter number 13. We, we live in an upside-down world, don't we? We can't figure out if we're boys or girls. We can't figure out who you're supposed to marry. We can't figure out what bathrooms. You all know all that. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to hound on that stuff. I want to look at God's Word. The, the world is a mess, but we serve a mighty God. Our God's still on the throne. Our God, none of the stuff that we face in our society has ever caught God by surprise. And as a as servant as a youth pastor all those years, it always troubled my spirit when a preacher would get up and say something like this, well, I'd sure hate to be a teenager in this generation right now. I hated that. Because first of all, they don't have a choice when they could be a teenager. That, that's all God's design. And second of all, the darker the night, the brighter the light. What a golden opportunity to stand for Christ. And I understand what they're saying. I get it. I, I'm, not, I'm not hounding on that. What I'm saying is God has a purpose and a plan for all of our lives. God knows, God knows your address. God knows the details of your life. God knows the financial strain you have. God knows every detail of your life. And nothing, COVID did not surprise God. God never looked down and said, whew, what is going on there? God knows every detail. Your child going astray, that did not surprise God. He knew. Your marriage having issues, it didn't shock God. The bill you got in the mail, well, we, we had been a, in, in full-time ministry for a number of years, and the Lord led us to turn in our resignation, and as soon as we turned in our resignation, our job ended pretty quick, and, and, and so I was, I've been a youth pastor all my life, I don't know how to do anything else. I don't qualify for anything. And uh, I, I could be a tour guide of amusement parks, I'd be very qualified for that. Or I could be a connoisseur, I could be a critic of good pizza. I can tell you, I've, I've consumed more pizza in my lifetime than 10 men should have consumed. And I turned in my resignation, and, and I didn't, my job ended, my insurance ended, everything ended. I ended up getting a job in, during COVID, working, running an excavator, and uh, working on an excavation crew in Middle Tennessee, and digging earth, and, and moving earth, and all that kind of, I loved it. I put a preacher behind a machine that could tear down a house with one swipe, that's a lot of fun. And uh, I was out there doing all that, and, and, uh, and my daughter, who had just graduated from college, was getting ready to go start teaching in a Christian school, and, and I lost my insurance, I lost my income, lost everything. And uh, my daughter came home for the summer before going to work, and, and, and she was there, and midway, I was out on the excavation site. My phone rang, and I picked it up, and my wife was calling. And she said, Kurt, your angels, 
Angel's laying in the middle of the floor crying. I said, well, tell that baby to get up. What's she throwing a fit about now? She said, no, no, she's hurting. She said, I think we need to take her to the doctor. I said, we can't take her to the doctor. We can't afford that. Let her die. I didn't, I didn't say that. I said, well, just give her some Tylenol and see if we can work our way through this. And about an hour later, she called me, and now my daughter's laying in the fetal position, all curled up and, and literally crying out with pain. And I said, take her to the emergency room. COVID was going on. So my wife took her to Middle Tennessee Medical Center there in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and pulled up and started to get out to take my daughter in. And the security met her at the door and said, ma'am, you can't go. Who's sick? And she said, my daughter is. And she said, you can't come in. We'll take her from here. She wheeled, they wheeled my daughter in, took her back. She had some massive kidney stones. They said she has to have emergency surgery. My wife called me. She said, what do we do? And I said, a bullet's a whole lot cheaper. I'm just kidding. She said, what do we do? I said, we, we, we just trust God, I guess. I mean, what do you do when you don't know what to do? You just trust God. God knows what he's doing. She went through surgery. She's out. She's better. She, life is grand for her now. She has no pain. And, and then about a month later, we got a bill, $60,000. So I was like, what in the world? We bought our house for 100000 This is almost a house. Her little kidney stone was almost a house. Hey, can I tell you, it didn't surprise God. God reached out and God took care. It's amazing how God takes care of things. We live in a world where if we're not careful, we take our focus off of God and we put our focus on the problems we face in our life. And I'm here tonight to tell you, God's not surprised with the problems we face. God knows what's going on in your house, and God knows what's going on at your job place. God knows what's going on with your children. God knows what's going on with your finances. God knows it all. He's not surprised by it. John chapter 14, I want you to see this. Jesus is in the darkest days of his human life. He knows now that he's getting ready to die. Look at John chapter number 13, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says this, John 13 verse 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, we've been singing about the love of Christ tonight, Jesus loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. The supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of, of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus... Or, verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth, verse number 4, from supper, laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he had poured a, a, a water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Literally, Peter saying, Lord, I'm not going to let you do this. Lord, you can't. Peter would have made a good youth pastor. Brother Ryan, I don't mean that in a bad way. He'd have been a good youth pastor. You know what I mean? He was good at opening his mouth before his brain kicked in gear. That's a good youth pastor right there. Hey, try this. No, 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 don't try that. Hey, here's, here's Peter. Lord, Lord, no, 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 Lord. I don't know. 
Jesus looked at him. Jesus answered and said to him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Peter just putting his heels down. No, Lord. By the way, I believe Peter, I I don't know, I wasn't there and I can't read his mind, but I believe Peter had a spirit of, no, God, you're the master. Jesus, you're the master. I'm a nobody. I need to be washing your feet. I really believe that was his spirit. But Jesus looked back at Peter and he said, wait a second, Peter. If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Peter, you don't understand what I'm doing here. You're my disciple, and I'm trying to prove a point here. Verse number 9, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only. I love this. But also my hands and my head. God, give me a whole bath then. I I want all in, God. I want every part of you, God. I don't want to hold out at all. Verse 11, or verse number 10, Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. Colon, ye are all clean, but not, or, or ye are, are, ye are clean, but not all. What's he talking about? I love how the Bible answers those questions we have. The very next verse explains what he's saying. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and taken his garments and was set down again, he said to them, Know ye what I have done unto you? Here Jesus, in the darkest hours of his life, human life, he didn't think of himself. He thought of others. I wrote down in my notes, I wrote this down. Number one, the extreme conditions Jesus was in. Jesus was facing the end of his life. You ever stop and think about what you would do if you knew you only had a few days left to live? You ever ever stop to think about how how you would finish your life if it came to the end? What's on your bucket list? What you want to accomplish? The things you want to do? The the things you want to say? The people you want to see or visit? Here Jesus knows, verse number one, that his hour has come. He's going to depart out of this world. He knew his death was imminent. Talk about extreme conditions. Here's Jesus, the Son of God, who came to bear our sin upon his own shoulders, and he's at the last few hours of his life, literally in just a a little bit, he's going to be hanging on the cross, bearing your sin and my sin on his own body. And as Jesus is facing those last few moments of life, what's he do? He thinks of others. Jesus didn't have the mentality that we do in 2023. Jesus didn't have the sense that I have many times of, I've just got to take care of me. I want to make sure that my things are taken care of. Jesus, in those extreme conditions, his thoughts weren't on himself. Hey, can I ask you tonight, honestly, in your extreme conditions, who do you think about? The term in today's society is this, narcissism. I can't spell it, I'm from Tennessee, forgive me. I don't even know a true definition of the term, but I like to illustrate it. Narcissism is this. That is me. This is the world. That's narcissism. By the way, we all suffer from it. Every one of us. Another good biblical term for it is this, pride. We all suffer. If you don't believe me, get in the car and start down the freeway. And let someone cut you off. You know what our normal response is? I'm sorry, 
what my normal response is. I'm sure y'all are much more spiritual than me. I was driving someone else's car today, <clears throat> Brother David, and I've I, I, I just got to be careful what I, what I say. What I, but I was, uh, the truth is, is we get in the car and we start driving around and, and someone cuts us off. Our normal response is, no, 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 you're not doing that to me. I'm going to pay you back. And you honk and you wave, not a very kind wave, and you start cutting them off. Hey, our whole life is built on this. Umero, that. Uno. Numero uno. Man, I should have studied more. Truth is, we all look out for ourselves, don't we? Hey, don't you talk about me. Don't you talk about my family. Oh, no, no, those are fighting terms. I grew up, my, my parents, we as boys, we fought all the time. So my parents, they put us in wrestling classes to teach us how to fight real. And we, we, we competed, we wrestled all the way through elementary school and junior high. We went moved to Tennessee, they didn't have wrestling. I went off to college, I wrestled. I love wrestling. I enjoy, I'm not talking about WWE or all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about real wrestling. And you know, as a kid growing up, someone messed with you. My dad would say this all the time. Don't you start a fight, Kurt, but if, some, if a fight started, you finish it. Can I tell you, Jesus here teach me, teaches me a lesson. Those extreme conditions of life that we face, we all have those dark days, don't we? How do you respond? Look, let's look how Jesus responded. I see, number one, the extreme conditions, verses 1 through 3. Verses 4 through 12, I see the extraordinary care. I see the care that Jesus gave. The lesson Jesus taught. I already read the passage of Scripture. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus, in the darkest hours of his life, he knows he's getting ready to hang on the cross. His end is at hand. He knows it's getting ready to happen. And Jesus gathers those disciples together. And he gathers those disciples together and he, he takes out a towel. Borrowed one from the hotel. I will return it. Jesus takes out the towel. The Bible says he girded himself, tucked it around his waist, and got down on his knees in front of those disciples with a basin of water. These disciples had walked with Jesus now for three plus years. They put their head on the rock for a pillow. They ate the fish from the sea. They, they didn't have a home to call home. These disciples had given up all to serve Jesus. And now they hear Jesus is getting ready to die. And Jesus in those last hours falls to his knees before the disciples. And he takes off their Jerusalem cruisers, those sandals. I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, but it's dirty, dusty. My wife and I in 2018 had the privilege of going there, and, and uh, on, on November, December, we were there. My wife's birthday is December 1st, and, and on December 1st, we went to Jerusalem, and we saw the birthplace of Jesus on my wife's birthday, or the, the, the place where they say his birth was at. Pretty amazing. I said, honey, look at this. For your birthday, we get to, we get to be at Jesus' birthplace. Later that day, we were at Calvary. Pretty amazing. I said, honey, look, on your birthday, we are at Jesus' birth. And now, never mind. We're, just, we're not going to talk about that. Got to see the birth. Talk about dirty and dusty. Here these disciples, they didn't get in the car with the air conditioning driving around. These disciples walked from place to place. Their feet were nasty. And, and in those days, they literally walk in and a servant would meet them at the door with a towel and water in hand and would wash the disciples' feet or wash the people's feet as they came in. And Jesus in this passage of Scripture, the Son of God, God 
himself, Philippians chapter number two, he, he lowered himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He became a servant for you and I. He put his own needs aside and fell down before the disciples to wash the disciples' feet. What an amazing example Jesus gives. You say, what does that mean to me? I mean, we didn't stop outside the door here and people with a bucket of water washing our feet. We can't. That's not the point of the Scripture. The point of the Scripture is not an ordinance of washing feet. The point of the Scripture is this, a heart of service. A heart of, it's not my job. It, 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 what? Did someone sit in my seat? God forbid you walk into church and someone's sitting in your pew. I'm sure at Liberty this is never a problem. I'm sure it's not. But in other churches that I visit, there's been people who said, oh, no, no, this is my seat. As a guest, mission, a guest evangelist, we walked into churches, and, and my wife and I will sit down in the pew. We don't know where we're supposed to sit. We sit down in the pew, and one, one service, I was over talking to the pastor. My wife was sitting in a seat, and another dear lady walked up and said, ma'am, you're in my seat. Like, my wife, she's so sweet. She said, find a new one. No, I'm sorry, she didn't say that. My wife said, oh, I'm so sorry. She got up, she moved, and got a different seat. I didn't know about it. That's good. I, I don't know that I'd have said anything anyway, but I, I love looking at churches now, and I love looking at pews, and I look for names on pews. You know what? I, I love it when someone has a servant's heart and says, you know what? Hey, have this seat. You know what I've noticed about churches? It's not like ball games. I'm in, at the end of the month, I get to go to Atlanta, Georgia, and in between meetings, my my new son-in-law, I'm not quite sure if I like him yet or not. We're still working on that. And uh, my new son-in-law, he's a firefighter in Georgia. And he called me, he said, uh, he didn't say dad, he said, Mr. Copeland, he said, uh, can I take you to a baseball game in Atlanta? I said, yeah, that'd be great. He said, they're playing the Cubs. I said, oh, yes. I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I love the Chicago Cubs. <clears throat> 2016 world champion Chicago Cubs. Amen. And uh, I'm a diehard Cubs fan. He said, you want to go to a Cubs game? I said, sure, I'll go to a Cubs. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm not, I'm, he, he rose in my ranks just a little bit with that. I told my daughter later, her, 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 uh, his, his wife, I said, I said, Gabby, I said, I said I'm, I, I've, I'm excited about going to the game, but if he's got me nosebleed seats, I'm still not going to like him. She said, Dad, they're cheap seats. You're way up there. We just figured y'all would walk around and, and go, go do other, other things and, and go closer to the field when you could. I said, okay, we can deal with that. We can do, you know, we go to a ball game, none of us, none of us want to sit in the back. You don't go to a ball game and say, give me the cheapest thing you've got. Well, you might say that. I don't want to pay that price. You know, we want to be down right close to the action. And in every church I go to, it's, it's pretty amazing. The front, the, the prime seats are wide open. So if someone gets your seat, it's okay. Come on down. It's, I don't have to keep walking closer out when you're down here. It's, it's wonderful. You know what this is? It's about putting other people's needs first. Some of you are thinking, he's getting on me sitting in the back. No, I'm not. I'm not. Here's, here's what it is. Jesus teaches a lesson here. I want to care about others first. I don't want to meet my own needs. That extraordinary care of Jesus, picture it, he's getting ready to die. And getting ready to die, he says, I'm not going to think of me. He could have easily stopped and said, hey, wait a second, boys. I'm getting ready to die. 
Why don't you, you wash my feet? And instead of thinking of himself, Jesus teaches me the lesson to think of others. Others, Lord, others. Yes, let that my motto be. I, I want to think of others. I want to care of others. I see number one is ex, uh, extreme conditions. I see number two, the extraordinary care. And I see number three, and lastly, the example charged. Here's what Jesus said. L look what he says here. Verse number 13. Jesus says this, ye call me master, who as master, he's not supposed to be washing people's feet. He says, you call me master and Lord, and ye say well. In other words, you're correct. For so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, listen to this verse, verse 16, mark it in your Bible. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. I look at this passage of Scripture, and here's what I get from Jesus. Jesus says this, hey, Kurt Copeland, stop thinking of yourself. Start serving others. Can I challenge you tonight? I'm, I'm almost done. Can I challenge you to find a towel? I'm not saying show up next week, wave. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Who are you serving? I know some of your wives, you're like, huh, the man I married. I've been serving him now for all these years, and all he does is plop down in that recliner and turn on the TV. Woman, where's my food? By the way, if you say that to your wife, you might want her to take the first bite every time. She might add a little extra to your food. Who are you serving? Whose needs are you meeting? Meet? I, I, I man, I've got, God bless me with probably the greatest wife on earth. And she's all the time serving others. The cookies she was trying to make the other night was for the neighbor. She's all the time. And it humbles me. Sometimes I stop and say, honey, would you stop thinking about others and just think about yourself? Sometimes? And she'll look at me and say, I can't believe you just said that. Who are you serving? Well, no, that guy at work, you just, you just don't understand. That guy is a pain in the neck. And he might be. You know how you fix the pain in the neck? Serve. Well, why don't you take him some cookies? I got to get off the cookie things. Why don't, you, why don't you take him a pizza? Serve. Serve. See, a campaign... I've heard Tim Lee pre. He was, as a teenager, I heard him, man, wow. Wish I were here. I'd love to be here. What is this all about? I'll tell you what it is. Serving. Caring about someone else more than we care about ourselves. Yeah, but what if I ask them and they say no? Well, what's the harm in that? Could I challenge you tonight? Let's take the towel off. Let's gird ourselves and 
humble ourselves and serve someone else. My children, I remember many times would come home from school. I know your, your children never did this, but my children come home from school every now and then and complain about something that happened at school. And I, I know your children don't, so I, I know it's on, my, on me. The teacher did this. Can you believe all the homework they're given? And, uh, they you know what I tell my daughters? Those teachers love you. And they're trying to serve you. Sometimes my daughters say, well, if they're trying to serve me, why are they doing it that? That's not serving. They're torturing us. You know what I tell my daughters? Hey, you know what we're going to do? Now, we're going to make something for them, and we're going to take it to them tomorrow. My wife was real good at that. Sometimes my daughters would complain, and my wife would say, all right, you said one negative. I want three positives now. Come on. Tell me three positives about that teacher. Uh, I'm not with them now. All right, that's six positives. Uh, you know what my wife was teaching them? Serve. That's how practical God's word is. His word's not given to us so we think, oh, that's a good book. No, his word's given to us so that we'll learn from it and apply it to our lives. What's John chapter 13? Jesus says in the worst conditions of life, I'm not going to think of myself, I'm going to think of others. And why don't we all learn to do the same thing? You know what would make Liberty Baptist the greatest church that's ever existed? I know that's not your goal, but you know what would make it even greater than it already is? Can I tell you, since I've been here, Brother Doug picked me up at the airport. And from the first moment that I've met anyone from here, including Brother Sammy years ago, you know what I've learned? It's a place of servants. Here to serve. Can I tell you, as great as servants as we are, you know what God wants? Serve more. Serve more. Pastor mentioned something this morning, and I'm done. I'm meddling now. Pastor mentioned something this morning. He said this. He said, it may be in two weeks. We have so much, so many people here, we may have to go to overflow. You know what my thought was? People are going to be like, not me. I'm not going to overflow. It's being a servant. It's being a servant. We had a youth rally here yesterday. I don't know, some 200, some 2,000, 3,000 students came. Saw a group of people standing up here serving, singing. Saw a group of people in the back serving. We finished preaching. <laughs> and it was, it was amazing. The number of people serving to make the youth rally happen. A church gave. I can't imagine the budget you spent on it. A church gave. What is that? Serving. Hey, can I challenge you tonight? Don't stop. Get a towel. Let's be servants for Jesus. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.